Welcome to The Binge Cure with Dr. Nina. Today, you are going to learn how to outsmart emotional eating and live a life of happiness and joy without giving up the foods you love. Now, here is Dr. Nina. Hi, welcome to The Binge Cure with Dr. Nina. I am your host, Dr. Nina Savelle Rocklin, psychoanalyst, and I am here to help you liberate yourself from emotional eating take control of your life, and feel good in your body, all without dieting, spending hours in the gym, or counting a single macro. That's right. I want you to wake up and think about your day, not your diet. So today is Ask Dr. Nina Today, or actually Ask Dr. Nina Day Today. That's hard to say. Um, Boy, I'm I keep rhyming. Let me see if I can stop doing that. All right, today I'm going to answer your questions. I'm going to give you strategies to understand why you binge so you can transform your relationship with yourself and therefore create food freedom. Not only will you get information, you're going to be inspired to create lasting change. I have a lot of questions that I have collected um, from listeners. And if you would like to call in and talk with me yourself about whatever is eating at you or weighing on you, the number is 866-472-5792, 866-472-5792. I would love for you to join the show and let me help you out. All right. So first question, this is a question that I think a lot of people can relate to. What's the best way to handle well-meaning friends and family members who are always telling you what you should and shouldn't eat? Oh, so frustrating. I get this question all the time. Um, Recently, one of my clients was out at dinner and she reached for the bread basket and her mother, and by the way, this is my my client is in her forties. Her mother is in her eighties, and her mother says, "Do do you really think that's a good idea? Do you, do you need that?" Ugh. So naturally, my client was very upset, and uh, her, the 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 mom was like, "Wait, I I don't understand why you're upset. I'm just trying to help you. You know, you want to lose weight. I'm helping you." And her mom could not understand why what she said was so offensive. Um, and of course, what did my client do? She felt so bad. She she went home and she really wanted to binge. She didn't, but she recognized that, that she had been triggered by what her mom said, and that made her want to go home and eat. So what do you tell people who are just trying to help? Only they're not helpful, are they? Um, what do you tell them? Well, I have some tips for you. So the the first one is tell them, do not be the food police. Do not say, uh, do you, do you think you should eat that? Do you think that's a good idea? Do not say, well, maybe you should make a healthier choice. Do not say, do you really need a second portion? That is not helpful because such a comment has never made anyone put down their fork and declare, I never thought of that. I shouldn't eat this. Thank you for enlightening me. Now everything's different. I no longer want that. No, said no one ever. This is not ever going to happen and it never will happen. And so it's really important for this food policing to stop. So tell them, hey, 
It's not about food. So don't make it about food. Also, and this is where they say, but you want to lose weight or you want to stop binging or you want to be healthier. I'm just trying to help. Doesn't that make sense? This is where you tell them, hey, it's not logical. It's psychological. Do not say, someone someone should not say to you, if you want to lose weight, just eat a little less. This does not work. It's like saying to someone with anorexia, hey, just eat. No one with anorexia is going to go, oh, yeah, that's probably better for me. I should probably do that. Right? Doesn't work that way. Here's why logic doesn't help. What seems like a food problem or even a weight problem is usually not about food at all. Whatever is going on with food is a symptom or actually a solution to the real problem. In gardening, if you chop off a weed, it will grow back. To eliminate that weed, permanently, what do you have to do? You've got to get to the root. And overeating or binging um, is the equivalent of, of a, a weed. If you just diet or focus on food, nothing happens in the long run. You have to identify why you want to eat. Is that deprivation? Is it that you're not supposed to have it? So of course you want it more, diet mentality. Or is it a way of coping? Are you rewarding yourself? Like what's the motivation? Or is it just dessert? So you really have to identify and work through the why you want that food instead of focusing on what you are eating. So talking about food or being logical isn't going to help because it puts the focus on the wrong thing, which is what you are eating instead of why. I also would say never, ever talk about appearance, anybody's. Even if friends and family members, they don't talk about your weight, maybe they talk about their own weight or a celebrity's weight, good or bad, doesn't matter. You know, oh, that, that actress who lost all her baby weight in three weeks, oh, she looks amazing. <laughs> that doesn't help anyone. Uh, binging is about deeper issues than food and weight. But commenting on appearance can actually trigger the behavior because when you feel bad about yourself, comparing yourself to a celebrity who lost all her weight, baby weight in three weeks can create some bad feelings about you. Like, whoa, I had a baby three years ago and I, I, I still haven't lost it or I have never had a baby and I, I'm, I need to lose weight or I can't stop eating or, you know, that comparison is the thief of joy. You feel bad about yourself. Then you turn to food for comfort or distraction. Or you know, when people uh, around you are talking about other people's weight, good or bad, it can make you feel as if they're scrutinizing you as well. And then it makes you want to hide. It makes you feel bad. What does that lead to? Eating to comfort yourself, soothe yourself, distract yourself. So again, please tell other people, do not talk about appearance, yours, theirs, or anyone's. Uh, so those are some things about that you that people should not do. And I just want to briefly touch on what what should well-meaning friends and family members say if they want to help you. Invite them to ask certain kinds of questions. You can say, well, ask me, how am I doing? What's going on with me? How am I feeling? What's bothering me? How's life? 
ask them to ask you what they can do to help. You know, hey, um, you know, how are you doing? How can I help? When you can turn to other people for comfort, guess what? You're not going to eat for comfort. So those that that is my answer to, you know, what do you do when friends and family members try to be helpful, quote unquote helpful, but of course, it's always hurtful. That those are some things that they should not do and some things that they can do. And also asking open-ended questions. Open-ended questions are questions that you you can't answer with a yes or no. So you know, ask a question that sounds more like, what's going on with you? How are you doing? Rather than, are you upset? Okay. All right. Now for some questions, some other questions, some more specific questions. How can I stop binge eating? <laughs> that is a pretty broad question, but I'm going to give you a kind of specific answer. How can I stop binge eating? Well, first, stop and think. Don't focus on the behavior. If you are turning to food, it is for a reason. So think about what is that reason? Are you eating that because you think you can't have it because you have been dieting or you've been on some food plan and now you absolutely can't stand it another minute and you have to have something with sugar because you haven't had sugar for 30 days and it's making you crazy and you think you're addicted and now you have to have it. You know, is it is it diet mentality? Because what when we can't have or don't have something, when we're deprived of some type of food, guess what? We will only want it more. That's just basic psychology. So is it deprivation? Is this part of diet binge cycle? Have you been dieting and restricting and now you want the thing you haven't been able to have? Or did you have uh, uh, some of the thing. And I've literally had people say to me, well, I had two pieces of chocolate. So I realized like I totally blew the whole day. And then of course I had to finish the chocolate and go into the cookies. And then I ordered ice cream and on and on and on and on. And it turned into a big old binge. So that's black or white thinking. So are you turning to food? Are you binging because you figure you've blown it? You had the thing you're not supposed to have. You've blown the whole day. So therefore, you can have all the things because you're going to start tomorrow back on your diet. Is that what's going on? Or are you binging because you are trying to cope with something? Are you trying to comfort yourself, distract yourself, soothe yourself? Even reward yourself. Are you trying to uh, unconsciously, of course, fill a, a void within you? Are you lonely and are you eating to fill that void? Are you angry and you're expressing it by eating a bunch of crunchy foods? And then of course, you're going to get mad at yourself for eating when really you're mad or frustrated or upset at someone else in your life. What's going on? So first step is identify what's going on and then express it. If it, if it is a diet mentality, um, you know, this, this does not pertain. If it's diet mentality, you, you challenge this all or nothing thinking, wait, did I actually blow the entire day or did I just eat chocolate? It, it, is it all or nothing? Or, you know, let me put it in perspective. What, how egregious was my food crime, right? If it's a diet mentality thing, you ask yourself that. 
If it is, oh, I am eating this to resolve something, to distract from something, to numb, something's going on with me that I find unbearable, what is it? Am I mad, sad, afraid? What's going on with me? And then you express that. If you are mad, you have to say, well, I'm I'm really frustrated or irritated or annoyed or enraged because of this, and it means this. So you you don't just I identify what it is. A lot of people will say, Well, I, I I knew I was I knew I was angry. And then I just told myself, here are all the reasons why it's not that bad. It could be worse. I shouldn't be so uh sensitive. I, la, 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 la. So the emotions never get expressed. But you know, you cannot you cannot drop emotions, you cannot ignore them, you cannot positive think them away, and you cannot stuff them down. The only way to get rid of feelings, actually, as counterintuitive as it sounds, the only way to get rid of feelings is to actually feel them. And how do we do this? Because this is something we don't really learn in our culture. We're told, not to feel our feelings. We're not helped to understand how to feel our feelings. Oh, by the way, you cannot sit your feelings out either. You can't sit them away. You have to express them. So, oh, I'm so upset because this person just totally misunderstood me. And no matter what I said, uh, they weren't hearing me. And it really upsets me because it means I'm not being taken seriously and I'm being disregarded. And that also maybe takes me back to my childhood. And it just is so enraging. You express it. Oh, I'm really sad because my my dog is sick and it 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 just it, it I'm so sad at the thought of losing my dog and it just it's so painful because my dog is my best friend and you know maybe you cry maybe you 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 have to feel the feeling right don't convert emotional pain to physical pain by binging feel the feeling or oh I'm so anxious about something I'm really worried what if, what if, what if, what if? That's when you say, okay, I'm really anxious about this or that. Um, and I'm thinking about all the things that could happen, which is what if mentality, what if uh, is about fear, fear about the future that you feel in the present. What if this happens? What if that happens? That's anxiety. Oh no, what's going to happen? And you, your mind conjures up all kinds of terrible things. And then you feel real-time anxiety about something that often is not happening and will not happen. So what you do with that is you remember what is. What is is reality and what you know to be true. It's facts. What if is fear. What is is facts. And you remind yourself, what do you know to be true in the present? Just the facts, just the facts, ma'am. Just stay with that. Um, so you identify what's going on, you express it when possible, and then you respond to yourself. And this is where a lot of people get it wrong. They respond to themselves, but they're actually dismissing themselves. So they say things like, it could be worse. It's not that bad. I need to look on the bright side. In the scheme of things, so what? I mean, a lot of other people have it much worse. All that does is now make you feel bad about feeling bad. 
it is not a good way of responding to yourself. So to respond to yourself, use my very acronym. Created a, a little handy dandy acronym so you can remember to vary your response to yourself. So after you've identified identified why you why you either want to binge or why you binged, then you you express what you feel and you respond to yourself. And responding to yourself with very sounds like val- it's validating, acknowledging, and reassuring yourself. Of course, I feel upset because this person isn't hearing me. That is incredibly enraging and it is especially upsetting because it takes me back to all the times when I I didn't get hurt as a child or in, in my marriage or where have you, right? It doesn't always have to be about the past as well, but often it is. So you say, of course, I feel upset. This person is treating me in a way that is upsetting and painful. How else could I feel? How else could I feel other than mad, irked, frustrated, sad, helpless, all the feelings? Of course, I feel this way. Validated. Of course, you feel this way. And then reassure yourself. Reassuring is, I've been through tough times in the past. I will get through this. I've dealt with difficult people in the past. I will get through this. I may not be able to convince this person to hear me, but I'm not going to let that make me question myself or hurt myself or turn to food. I'm going to really show up for myself. I'm going to hear myself. I'm going to pay attention to me. That's how you comfort yourself with words instead of using comfort food. So how do you stop binge eating? It's a very big question, but you you figure out what's what's driving the binge eating, what's the source of it? Is it is it diet mentality? Is it to resolve something internal or emotional? You express yourself and you you reassure yourself. That's how. And practice makes progress. I also want to say something about the 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 process of change. Change is not like flipping a switch. Oh, how I wish it were. Wouldn't that be amazing? I wish my magic wand would work immediately. I could do so much good with it, but I don't live in that world. We don't live in that world. So we have to make do with 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 other ways of of creating change. Think about it this way. Nobody has ever sat down at a piano maybe learned a, 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 f- a few keys and started playing Tchaikovsky. Never. You have to learn how to play the piano. And then you have to learn how to play uh, a Tchaikovsky, which is very, very difficult. And how do you do that? First, you learn it. Then you practice it and practice it and practice it and practice it. And it and Or another example is going to the gym. When you first go to the gym and you use those machines or, or weights or whatever, it's awkward and you have to think a lot. You've got to think. Just like when you're playing the piano, you have to think, what key goes to what finger, what, what, chords, what, what am I doing? When you go to the gym, you have to think, okay, how do I do this exercise? And it feels awkward and it's painful and it feels weird and it's difficult. But the more that you do it, the the more natural it becomes. So first you've got to really 
think about it a lot. Okay, how do I do this? You know, what what fingers go to what keys or how do I do this machine? And eventually it just becomes second nature. The same for liberating yourself from binge eating or emotional eating. First, it's, this is basically the process of change. First, it's, oh my gosh, I am a food addict. I have no control. I have no willpower. What is wrong with me? If people knew the truth, they'd be disgusted. I hate myself. I'm disgusted with myself. I, I, just, I, I, I just wish this would all go away and I, I feel terrible about myself. Then it's, oh, someone comes to me. Oh, okay. Um, now I know that something was going on that triggered. I thought it was triggered by food, but now I realize I was triggered by something else, but I can't figure it out on my own until I talk with you, Dr. Nina, or therapist or whoever. And and then we figure it out and it's, oh yeah, that makes sense. And then it's you on your own binge and afterwards you think, oh, I know why that happened. I get it. I see it. Mm. I, I understand. I see what happened. Totally get it. The next step is you're heading to the kitchen you're, or the drive-thru or DoorDash or whatever and you know exactly why. You know that you're upset. And you're going to eat because you don't want to deal with what you're thinking and feeling. And you say, I don't care. I'm doing it anyway. I don't care. The next step, notice how many steps there are. The next step is same situation. You know exactly why you want to eat. You're heading to the kitchen. You're taking your phone. You're ordering DoorDash. You stop and you say, wait a minute. I do know exactly why. I'm going to try something different. I'm going to vary my response to myself. I am going to relate to myself differently. And you do. And you don't binge. The next step is you don't even think about food because you have gotten so good at identifying what's going on, expressing what's going on. And should I, should I say, when I say express what's going on, I don't necessarily mean to the person or people who are upsetting you. I mean, for yourself, express it for yourself. Often it does you no good and makes things worse when you express yourself to, to someone who's upsetting you. Sometimes that's appropriate. Sometimes it's not. So the last step is you don't even think about food uh, except to have breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks, and you only eat what's yummy, and you actually enjoy food a lot more, and you get to a healthy weight naturally without counting that single calorie, carb, or fat gram because you are responding differently to you. So food is no longer an issue. That is called liberation. That is when binge eating is something you used to do, but no more. It's definitely in your rear view mirror. So that's the process of change. So be gentle with yourself. If you are impatient, remember you learned this way of responding to yourself and, and, and with food. You have to unlearn that and learn a new way. So have patience with yourself and just bear with it. Practice makes progress. Um, okay. Another question, can medication help with my binge eating disorder? No, <laughs> no. I mean, medication can help with 
anxiety, medication can help with depression. And those may be factors that lead to binge eating. But a, a medication specifically for binge eating will not help you because you have to change the way that you relate to yourself. You have to change the way you relate to yourself. And that has to do with your mind. No medication can do that for you. No medication could do that. So a, a medic, if, if, if you are less depressed or less anxious, might you be less, um, might you binge less? Yeah. But ultimately, it's really a band-aid because you've got to learn new ways, new strategies of dealing with your your mind, your relationship with yourself, responding to yourself, all of that. So, So no, medication cannot help with binge eating disorder. I believe when Prozac first came out, uh, a lot of people thought, oh, Prozac is the key to stop to stop eating disorders. No, not so much. No, a lot of people on Prozac, been on Prozac a long time or other medications did not stop them from binging. Binging is not about your brain. It is about your mind. If it was about your brain and you were a sugar addict, you would just eat spoonfuls of sugar. But most people don't eat spoonfuls of sugar. They eat sugar in a, a, a cookie, in a muffin, in cake, in something like that. It, it, it's, it's, it's something more than just sugar that's going on. It's an attempt to comfort or express some kind of inner feeling. And by the way, if you tell yourself you can't have anything with sugar, sooner or later, you're going to want something with sugar, whether you're into sugar or not, because deprivation leads to binge eating. Some years ago, I was in China for two and a half weeks. For two and a half weeks, didn't have a single piece of bread or anything like that, because that's not something that they haven't really in China at that time. I, we ate like Chinese people did. We had dumplings for breakfast. We had, you know, all of the Chinese food. And when I got back, I had this crazy craving for bagels. And I don't even like bagels that much. And I realized it was because I was so kind of <laughs> deprived of a whole food group that I, you know, I, I used to have toast for breakfast. Didn't have toast for two and a half weeks, even though, you know, it wasn't bothering me at the time. I didn't feel deprived, but some part of me was like, some part of me was definitely missing the toast. So I just wanted bagels when I got back. It was very interesting. Um, and wanting them not to, not to binge on them, just to eat them because I hadn't had it. Deprivation makes you want the thing that you haven't had, or the anticipation of deprivation makes you want the thing that you're telling yourself you can't have, which by the way, is often well, behind the the what's called kind of the last supper binges. The last supper is I'm going to start my my diet tomorrow and so tonight I'm going to have all the things that I will not be able to have for the foreseeable future until I get to the weight that I want to be in. And therefore I'm going to have all the things tonight which means you basically have a a binge, that's what a last supper binge is. You binge on all the things you think you're not going to have, then you go on the diet and eventually your willpower fails and you want all the things that, you know, that 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 you haven't been able to have and the cycle continues. That that's the diet binge cycle. So we're going to take a break now for a little bit. I'm going to come back and answer some more questions about 
recovery, about guilt and shame, about handling situations uh, around food, and much, much more. So see you soon. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Are you tired of the endless cycle of dieting and binging? Ready to break free from emotional eating and regain control of your life? Look no further than The Binge Cure with Dr. Nina, the transformative radio show that will empower you on your journey to food freedom. Dr. Nina is here to guide you every step of the way. Join her as she delves into the true causes of binge eating, uncovers hidden triggers, and gives you effective strategies for lasting change. With practical tips and inspiring stories of transformation, The Binge Cure with Dr. Nina will help you nurture a healthier mindset, embrace self-compassion, and rediscover your true self. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to The Binge Cure with Dr. Nina. Have questions for Dr. Nina? Join her on the show at 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Ask Dr. Nina from Binge to Balance, because yes, you can go from binging to balance, from feeling completely out of control to completely in control and without having to even think about it, just to naturally feel a sense of balance in your relationship with yourself and with food. All right. So we talked about how to stop binge eating, can medications help with binge eating disorder? And what is the process of change? Here's another question, which is, oh, and we also talked, of course, about what to say to well-meaning family members and friends who uh, make comments about what you're eating. Um, So here's another question. What are some coping strategies for when I feel the urge to binge? What are some coping strategies? Well, start by what I call surfing the binge wave. No ocean required, no surfboard required. Here's what you do. Keep in mind that when an, when a wave builds up, when you're surfing and you're on a wave, the wave will build and build and build and build and build and it gets more and more and more intense and it builds and it builds and it builds and eventually it crests 
and it falls and it and it falls and crashes into the the surf well the same goes to that goes with that urge to binge we feel this this urge and it builds and it builds and it builds like a wave and it's building and it's building it seems impossible to resist and if we can just ride the wave you can just surf that 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 binge wave it will eventually diminish so remember that and even if you go surfing for only 30 seconds sometimes that 30 seconds is enough for you to recognize why you are wanting that food what is going on with you it opens up just a little space for you to check in with yourself what is this all about because it sure feels like it's about food yes it feels like it's about food for sure but it's not it's about what is eating at you or it is about deprivation and of course when we're deprived we want the thing that we cannot have and often those two things go together so you know just surf the binge wave and if you can get the the 30 seconds to three minutes that generally is enough time for you to gather yourself and remember how to vary vary your response remember validate acknowledge and reassure yourself so when you feel the urge to binge give yourself that 30 seconds or more to ride the binge wave which gives you enough time to stop think and that helps you identify what's going on is it deprivation or are you binging to change the way you emotionally feel are you doing it to dissociate are you doing it to distract what's going on with you are you filling a void are you uh, you know turning emotional pain to to physical pain and by the way these are all unconscious the idea here is to make it conscious um no one ever says you know i'm feeling really lonely i feel an emptiness within i think i'll eat something to fill the loneliness symbolically no that's not how it works it's i'm just really thinking about cake or pizza or pasta or whatever that's it's all that's on my mind it's so that you're not thinking about how lonely you are it's that you're not feeling or thinking what you don't want to feel or think it is hard to think thoughts that are difficult it is hard to feel emotions that are difficult and painful binging is a frenemy in that it takes you away from those states it it it, it distracts you it numbs you it comforts you it soothes you it puts you into a dissociative state where you're not thinking or feeling anything it gives you me time that's another one especially uh for for people who are just always busy doing things for other people sometimes Binging is the only time they get for themselves. Or do you not have enough fun in your life? Because if you don't have enough fun in your life, food becomes fun. So ask yourself, what's going on with me? Be very curious instead of critical. What's going on with me? And once you identify what that is, then you can express it, as I talked about earlier, and respond to yourself those are the coping strategies that work uh, i would also say um this is a little bit tangential but i would also say throw away your scale that bathroom scale is not your friend no piece of metal and plastic should have that much 
influence over how you feel and how you feel about yourself. A bathroom scale cannot measure your value. But so often we start our day, how? We get up, go to the bathroom, get on the scale, boom. No matter what it is, we're usually not happy. Even if we've lost weight, it's not enough. So we start the day by getting on the scale, which makes us feel terrible about ourselves. And that can set you up for binging because you can't feel terrible about yourself and support yourself and be generous and kind and loving to yourself. Those things don't go together. So let's take away the the thing that makes you feel bad. And often that is the bathroom scale. So get rid of the scale, surf the binge wave, think about what's going on, identify it, express it, and respond to yourself. Um, Is it possible to fully recover from binge eating disorder? Oh, yes, it is. Only I don't like to use the word recover. I like to use the word liberate. Recovery is like you're you're in recovery. And most people in recovery will 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 tell you, oh well I, I'm in recovery and I'm gonna have to deal with this the rest of my life. That's what recovery is. No. No. We don't say we're in recovery from depression. I'm in recovery from um anxiety. I'm in recovery from uh, you know a, a, a feeling that I had. You you say I was depressed and now I'm I'm not. I was anxious and and now I'm not anxious. Same with binge eating, even though it is a, it is a it is a behavior, not just a state, but it is facilitated by internal states. So instead of uh, uh, I'm in recovery from binge eating, which kind of supposes that it's something you're going to have to think about for the rest of your life. No, when you have done the work. When you have changed the way that you respond to yourself, when you've identified your why, when you have changed how you are with yourself and with other people, and you know how to comfort yourself with words, soothe yourself without food, be more hopeful, relate with other people differently, have more fun, Take care of yourself, fill the void, do whatever it is, whatever it is when you've changed, you know, you've changed the reason that leads to the binge eating, it is gone for good. It is gone for good. That's why I call it liberation. I used to, I used to have a program called Win the Diet War. So I have all of these sort of, you know, you're in a battle with yourself, all of these war um you know, associations or allegories or whatever. Uh, but And that's how I came up with liberation. When you win the war, the internal war, guess what? You're, you're the victor. You, you've liberated yourself from binge eating. It is not something that you have to deal with the rest of your life. And I speak to you as someone who has treated binge eating disorder for over 20 years and as someone who spent 15 years struggling with it from the age of five up until college, all I thought about almost every day was food and my weight. Yes, five years old. So I there was a time when I could not imagine having cookies in the house. I could not imagine waking up and thinking about 
anything other than am I going to be good today or bad and going to sleep at night thinking, am I going to lose weight tomorrow or gain it? And what am I going to eat? And what am I going to not eat? And, um, you know, every journal uh, of my teenage years, it's numbers, calories I ate, calories I burned. The weight I was, the weight I was going to be one day, uh, one day, that magical day. And you know how I got there? <laughs> by by not dieting, by going to therapy, but never talking about food. That's the thing. If you're familiar with, with my story, you already know that. If you're if you're not, here's the thing. I went to therapy. I considered myself the poster child for eating disorders, went to therapy. And not, not once did I talk about food. My therapist had no idea that I was the poster child for eating disorders. And yet when I left treatment without ever once talking about food, not once, all my eating disorders were gone. And how is that possible? It is because whatever was going on with me and food was not about food. Food was the solution to the problem. The problem was my... Uh, my perfectionist attitude towards myself, my harsh inner critic, all of those things. But when I turned my inner critic into a friend, when I changed my relationship with myself, when I let other people in, in a sense, when I could rely on other people and have fulfilling and satisfying relationships, guess what? Everything changed with food. So when I talk about this, I am talking about this not just liberation from the standpoint of a, a psychoanalyst and coach who's, who exclusively treats people who struggle with binge eating disorder and have for 20 years treated eating disorders. I am talking as a person who struggled with this every day for years and years and years, and it was really bad. So when I say liberation is possible, I know that from personal as well as professional experience. Um, okay. How do I handle situations or events centered around food? Now, I know, there, uh, I know there's going to be food at these events. How do I make sure that I don't overdo it? Okay. Well, first... Why are you telling yourself that, why are you setting yourself up for deprivation? If you're going to an event where there's going to be food and you're thinking about what you cannot eat, you are now setting yourself up for deprivation. And of course, as I talked about earlier, deprivation only makes you want that more. So if you're telling yourself you can't have something, then you're going to just want it more. And when you have it, you're going to have more of it. So challenge the idea that you can't have it, first of all. And then um, ask yourself this, what would you be thinking about if you were not focused on food at this event? If you were not thinking about food, if you weren't worried about food, what would be on your mind? If it's a family event, hmm, maybe there are some unresolved family dynamics that you're not thinking about if you're thinking about what what you're eating. If it is a, a, a social event, is some social anxiety coming up for you? Do you have some worries about fitting in or saying the right thing? Or uh, are you worried about being judged or scrutinized? What's going on with you? 
So be very curious about what is it that you are not thinking when you are thinking about food and take away the deprivation. Um, when you when you tell yourself you can't have something, you want it more. When you tell yourself you can have it, but it, remember, it has to be yummy. And a lot of people have told me this has helped them a lot. They'll 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 eat a brownie or something, like, and they'll say, you know what? They'll have a bite and they say, you know what? It really isn't that good. And then they don't eat the rest of it, which blows their mind because they could not imagine a time when they would not eat the entire brownie and then maybe two more and then go home and eat the kitchen. But when you really say, you know, I can have it. Is it good? Is it, but is it yummy? Is it good? Is it worth it? Then you can decide if it's good enough, if you want it. If so, how much? Then you are more in control of your decision. If you're not eating it from a place of deprivation, I shouldn't have it. It causes all this allure. Ooh, I want the thing I can't have. Ooh, that looks so good. But if it's, okay, I can have that anytime. I can go buy brownies anytime. I'm just going to see if this one's good enough for me to have. And if I have it, I'm going to have it. And, you know, no one, no one ever gained weight from having a single brownie. It's okay. So really challenge your thinking, your black and white diet mentality. And then from a psychological perspective, ask yourself, what are you avoiding by thinking about what you're eating or not eating? And often that is the very thing that you're eating to distract yourself from. Um, recently, let me see, I got to change this up. <laughs> got to change the situation, but you'll get the idea. Um, yeah, recently someone told me, they, they texted me uh, and, and said, hey, I'm, I'm, on, I'm, I'm heading for the supermarket. Stop me. Stop me from, from going. I, 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 they pulled over. They're like, please, please say something to stop me. And I said, okay, well, you know, it, what's going on? I just, I'm thinking about all the things I'm going to buy at the market. I'm going to buy this and this and this, and it's going to be so bad for me. And I know it, I know it. I, I just, I just, it's all I can think about. I said, okay, well, if you couldn't think about that, if I could just, you know, what is that? The Vulcan mind meld? No, that's something different. Anyway, I'm thinking of some Star Trek or Star Wars thing where you just like take away all the thoughts. Oh, maybe it's men in black. You know, in men in black, they just take away all your memory. So if I could just take away all your thoughts about food, what would be on your mind? Oh, well, I had a fight, had a fight with my husband. Oh, so you can see what happened. This person had a fight with their husband. And rather than process their feelings about their husband, they were on their way to get a bunch of binge food so that they could distract themselves from those scary thoughts about their husband. And then they would first be in that binge zone where you're not thinking or feeling anything, total dissociation. And then they'd be distracting themselves from their thoughts about their husband. And then they'd be mad at themselves for what they ate instead of being mad at their husband. So as you can see, think it's not just the, the, the act of binging. It's even thinking about it and planning it that distracts you from something that needs your attention. 
So if you're if if you have a situation where there's going to be food, really ask yourself, you know, why are you t- why are you taking away, you know, your right to have any of the food there? Why not have it and see if you like it? And second, what would you be thinking about if you were not thinking about food? What is it about that situation that might be triggering for you? Um, all right. Uh, are there are there any specific foods I should avoid to prevent binge eating? Well, this my answer to that is a, a little bit tied to the last question, which is avoiding food is diet mentality, and binge eating is not caused by food. Everyone thinks they are triggered by food. No. They are triggered by a situation or or an emotion. Something is going on. Food is the solution to the problem, not the problem. So if you try to not eat any food, that's a diet mentality. And that is actually going to lead to binging anyway because of the diet binge cycle. And you are not binging because of food, Right. You're 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 binging because of feelings. Something's going on. Example, and if you listen to the show or read my book, you know this example. But it's 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 the best my example I have. It's so so perfect. The example of Jenna, who told me she was a food addict and said that she was addicted to Chunky Monkey. Uh, because as soon as she started watching TV one day and nothing was bothering her, nothing was on her mind, she'd had a perfectly good day. As soon as she started watching TV, Ben and Jerry's was calling her name. And since she was doing something she enjoyed, there was no reason, she thought, that she would want to down a pint of ice cream. Well, it turned out that watching the show was the trigger. Jenna had a difficult relationship with her sister. In the episode she watched, this demon comes down. It breaks the bond between the sisters on Charmed because that's what she was watching. They start fighting and everything gets really nasty and contentious. And that's when Jenna felt (laughs) or heard Ben and Jerry's calling her name. So if we had said, oh, well, next time, you know, Ben and Jerry's call for you, this is what you do, like journal and tell yourself why you shouldn't have it or brush your teeth or take a walk or do all the things. If we had said that, it wouldn't have helped because ice cream was the solution to the problem. The problem was watching the show triggered her own feelings about her sister before she was consciously aware that she was being triggered. She went to the ice cream. And... And that is why you, you you really have to recognize that binge eating is not about food. It is using food to resolve something. It is the solution to the problem. In Jenna's case, the problem was her inability to face and, and process her feelings about her, her sister, who was a very difficult person. But as she came to... Uh, process that that her feelings about that relationship and learn to comfort and self-soothe herself and respond to herself differently. Ben and Jerry's stopped calling her name. Amazing, right? So 
food food choices they're not going to affect the way that you eat when it comes to binge eating it is not what you are eating that is the problem it is what is eating at you um here's here's kind of a basic one but maybe not so basic because a lot of people don't know how to how to do this uh how can i learn to distinguish between physical and emotional hunger okay physical hunger is physical we feel it in our bodies our our stomach growls um we get a headache uh we feel lightheaded i i get lightheaded and then i start losing my words that's physical hunger emotional hunger and by the way physical hunger if you're physically hungry you're not so picky it's like oh i'm starving what's available yeah. So, you know, you're really hungry and there's an orange there and you don't really love citrus fruit, but you know what? You're starving. You're going to have the orange because you just want to resolve the hunger, the physical hunger. Emotional hunger, unlike physical hunger, which is located in our bodies, emotional hunger is located in our minds, in our minds. So something sounds good. It looks good. And you're going to eat it because you want to change the way you emotionally feel. So whereas physical hunger is just about assuaging your physical hunger, emotional hunger is changing the way that you feel, comforting yourself, uh, distracting yourself, going into that dissociative state, something like that. So and it's it's very specific. A specific food sounds good or looks good, right? It's not just anything. So that is one way to distinguish between physical and emotional hunger. I have enough time, I think, for one quick answer. One more. Uh, why do I sometimes eat until I am uncomfortably full? This is a great question. A lot of people say this. I, I'm in pain. I'm in physical pain and I'm still eating. What is wrong with me? Well, consider the possibility, consider the possibility that you are unconsciously converting emotional pain to physical pain. If you're eating until it hurts, ask yourself, what is hurting you? What is hurting your feelings? How is your body now expressing what perhaps your mind cannot? So that's some food for thought to help you out. And that is our show for today. Thank you so much for joining me here on The Binge Cure with Dr. Nina. I'm here every Thursday at noon Pacific on Voice America. And if you want a deeper dive into this topic, be sure to get your copy of my best-selling book, The Binge Cure, Seven Steps to Outsmart Emotional Eating, and the new workbook companion, The Binge Cure Journal, A Guide to Liberating Yourself from Emotional Eating, Taking Control of Your Life, and Feeling Good in Your Body. They are both available on Amazon. And that's it for me today. Stay curious, not critical. I will see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of The Binge Cure with Dr. Nina. Each week, she offers valuable insights to stop emotional eating and give steps to lead a joyous life. Tune in next Thursday at 12 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel.